You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Hi, and welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and thanks for joining me here on the Mind Your Home Podcast. Now, I want to let you know before I forget that the doors to Clutter Cure, if you're listening to this in real time or, you know, as of the day of the release, the doors to Clutter Cure will be closing today. I don't have an exact date for when they will be reopening. I know I've received some emails of people asking. I really don't I really don't have a date set yet. Hopefully it will not be or I definitely do not intend to make it a year like it was last time. The last time it was released was a year ago, February. Um, but I, I don't have any dates set yet. So if you're interested in joining Clutter Cure, which is my holistic, unique formula for creating clutter-free spaces that energize you and inspire you and make you happy and all of those things, then you should definitely go check it out at miadanielle.com forward slash clutter cure. So today I want to talk about this concept, this idea of holistic home spaces, because this is where... This is where I tend to see and teach things differently from other people. And so I really want to just dig into where I see flaws in this um, purely physical action method of decluttering and creating your home spaces. So let, let's talk about this for just a second, okay? First of all, like there's this whole widespread belief that decluttering is purely a physical action, okay? That it if you're not able to keep up, if you're not able to stay on top of your clutter or, you know, maintain these home spaces that look like those in the magazines, then it's because you're not doing enough. But you you know already that that's not true. It can't be because you are working hard, right? You're, you're busy all the time. Like there are only so many hours in the day. I hear that from so many people. It just seems impossible to keep on top of things. And that's because Taking action, including the act of decluttering, occurs on many levels. It's not just a physical action that's taking place in this whole process of creating these spaces. Okay, so let's talk about what is actually involved in this in this process. And, and you can see it. Like whenever I give you examples of this, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I, I can see how that is definitely relevant and necessary in order to get this outcome that you're wanting to have. And not just that, but if you're only attacking your environment and your belongings and clutter and all that stuff from a physical standpoint, then you're going to find yourself constantly in that state of struggle and exhaustion. Okay, if you're completely separated from the task and you're just following through with these physical actions, you're going to your body's going to get tired, you're going to find it very difficult to keep up and to make the decisions that need to be made and you're going to exhaust yourself a lot more quickly. So, let's talk about the five actions that are required for success especially in this area. So, in clutter-free living or in just clutter management in general. So, the first action is an action that occurs in the mind. It's a thought. Okay, action is not only physical. Action is is mental, emotional, um, you know, energetic or spiritual, however you want to look at it. The action occurs on multiple levels. It's not just a physical 
tangible thing that you do. So let's talk about these thought actions and and how this plays a part, okay? Because your mind has a thought. So you start with a thought that leads to an emotion or a feeling, which leads to an action or behavior. And that leads to your environment that leads to, you know, you're taking certain behaviors, and it's causing a certain result inside of your environment, but you can see where it starts. And it kind of, you know, you could actually look at it as more of a, a cycle or a spiral, if you will, like um, like a coil to where, yeah, you have you have your your mind that's in a certain state that's producing certain thoughts or has certain connections. We'll get into the details later, um, leading to a, an emotion or a feeling, leading to an action or a behavior, which leads to your environment or your surroundings. But then it continues because then your surroundings, as we've discussed in other episodes, um, then influence your mind. And so it's, it's kind of a self-feeding system and this cycle and spiral. And I say spiral because cycle would be if it was if it was still, if it was never changing or never evolving, then, you know, that could be more of a cycle. But if you make changes along any point of the spectrum, whether it's to your mind, to your emotions, to, you know, any anywhere in the system, including your environment, then that's going to make little changes to the whole system. And it's going to maybe repeat the cycle because everything's not on the same page, but it might repeat the cycle at a slightly higher level, you know, so you're kind of coiling up on your your um, your progress track. So you are making some changes, you are seeing some results, but it's never lasting. And it's always a struggle. And it's just not as good as it could be because you're taking these tiny little spiral cycles up instead of taking the fast route. Okay, so you're with me so far. But here's what most people do. Most people say, you know, action, action, action. They just, you know, let's do, do, do. Let's pick up these things and let's, you know, run through this whole cycle or system that we go through and then we'll wear ourselves out and then we'll try again in a couple of weeks. Or they'll try to change a behavior directly, you know, and how well does that work? How many of you have tried to set a new New Year's resolution and you're like, okay, I'm going to start going to the gym and eating healthier and I'm going, you know, like you have this list of things that you're going to change or list of things that you're going to do and maybe it lasts for a week or so, but then it fades away. So this happens when you try to, A, only make changes through action without including any other components, or B, try to directly make changes to behavior, which is on the same track. If you remember, it was your mind or thought leads to an emotion or feeling leads to an action or behavior. It's on the same part of the track, which leads to an environment. And people are trying to hit it at that one, either at the environment itself, taking action just at the environment, or the behavior that's leading to the environment. And they're only hitting it from those last two areas. And there are tons of psychological and habit studies out there that just prove over and over again that that doesn't work. It doesn't work for any kind of habit or any kind of changes that you're trying to make. The human brain needs more than that in order to make a sustainable change. So what happens if we start at the top? So specifically speaking, decluttering and creating clutter-free spaces with level number one, the mind, you're looking at things like your mental or psychological attachments to your things. What types of things are you holding on to and why? You know, what types of shopping 
tendencies do you have? Like basically, what types of things are you bringing in consistently? Where are your weaknesses or Achilles heel when it comes to bringing in new things? And then also, what types of things do you have trouble letting go of? And what's the reason behind that? And we've talked in other episodes about different reasons that we have for holding on to things. There are three main ones that I tend to go over, but all of that is included in that first step. Because if you're going through without thinking about it or without touching base on any other area and you're just physically taking motions to get things out the door, you're gonna you're not going to get rid of a lot of stuff that you actually could get rid of that would make your daily process easier, that would make things flow better because you haven't touched base with level number one. Like, why am I holding on to things? What am I holding on to? And then also included in level number one, which is supremely important, is your beliefs, your beliefs about your belongings, your beliefs about what your environment is saying about you, your beliefs about what you're capable of inside of your space. You know, and I've said it before, if you don't believe, for example, that you are an organized person, if you're just like, yep, it's just not who I am, it's not my natural traits, I don't identify as being this, therefore I don't believe that I am this, then you're going to have a really hard time taking actions that an organized person would take. And that's, you know, that's just an example. You don't have to be, you know, this isn't all about organizing. It's more about decluttering. But the same rules apply. If you don't feel like you are somebody who deserves to have a streamlined or simplified environment, or if you don't think that you are somebody who is capable of maintaining that type of non-chaotic environment, you're not going to, again, take the actions required to make that happen. You know, so you're you're only ever going to take actions that align with your beliefs and your identity. And this is huge because this is something that most people don't even consider. They don't even think about. Maybe they even think that it's taboo and it's just not a real thing or, you know, why would this make any difference on, you know, whether or not I am able to clear out my junk drawer. You know, that just doesn't matter. But the truth is that that is the biggest difference between the person who's able to maintain the magazine spaces, the Joanne Gaineses and Martha Stewart's and whoever's of the world. That's the major difference between that person and the person who's really struggling in that area, who feels totally chaotic and disorganized and like they can't make the changes or can't sustain the changes that they want and it's impacting them on a daily basis because we've talked a lot on this podcast about how impactful our environments are to our energy and our mood and our thoughts and emotions and all of that stuff. Nothing impacts all of those things quite as powerfully and immediately as your environment. I mean, what can impact you as quickly or immediately as just walking into a room? right? That's pretty immediate. (laughs) Um, So it is, it does matter. It is impactful. But so many people think that, you know, it just, it's not a big deal. It's, it doesn't have anything to do with my identity or who I am when truly that's the starting point. That's the ground zero. All right. So I think I've nailed the mind into the ground there. Um, Step number two, or the second action that you need to take when you're going through and creating these clutter-free or decluttering spaces is your emotions. Because let me tell you, I've done 
a lot of polls and surveys from different segments of people who either follow me on my blog or listen to the podcast or sign up for my, you know, just like all of these different segments of people that I come into contact with. And I do a lot of of surveys and polls. What's interesting is when asked the question that I almost always ask, and that is, why do you struggle with letting things go? What is your biggest struggle when it comes to letting go of your stuff? I almost always get the same four or five versions of responses. So like it'll be some version of these same four or five responses. It feels overwhelming or paralyzing. It, it makes me feel sad going through these things. Or I feel guilty. I feel like, you know, somebody's going to have their feelings hurt. Somebody's going to judge me. I just, or I feel guilty. I feel obligated to hold on to these things. Or I just feel anxious. I feel anxious or worried. What if I let go of something and I happen to need it? What if, you know, just this whole lack of trust? But really, if you listen to all of those struggles that people have with letting go of their stuff, all of those are, have an emotional word at the core. They all have an emotional component, overwhelm, sadness, feeling guilty, feeling anxious. You know, all of these are feelings, they're emotions. And so it's like the, you know, people will even say verbally or type it out in a survey, however you want to say it, um, that their biggest struggle is one of these things, which is based on an emotion, but they won't connect the dots that their biggest struggle is related to an emotion and not the need for a a new decluttering system or a checklist. You know, people always think that they need the tangible, the physical, right? So, you know, in general, letting go is an emotional process. You know, it's all about processing and coping and releasing and all of those things, including just like the overwhelm to even begin in the first place, which is another thing that I hear a lot. It's probably the number one thing that I hear is that, you know, when things get so bad that people are just like, it feels too overwhelming to even start. Like, where am I going to find the time? Where do I even dive in? The whole thing just feels overwhelming. And that emotion alone will keep you from even beginning the process in the first place. So you have to touch base with your emotions. You have to find out, okay, well, what is it that I'm feeling in these different areas? Which which emotion is causing me to really hold back on creating the spaces that I want? And when you answer that, then you can start to break it down and take steps to help alleviate that attached emotion. So that's uh, step number two. Step number three is physical. Okay, so once you've touched base with your mind, you got your mind on board, you're believing, you're ready to make some changes, you touch base with your emotions, and you're ready to let things go. You know, you've made some peace with letting go of some things that you've been holding on to, even though you really wanted to let them go. Now... Now is the time to take the physical action. And and when you get to this point, after you've already tended to the first two steps, you'll find that it is so much easier because then it's just a process of, you know, doing things, just picking something up and putting it in a box, picking something up and, you know, moving it to wherever you've dedicated that it's going to go. This whole physical process is then no longer a struggle because you already have gone through the two difficult steps separately, which is another key, from um, from the actual physical actions. So, you know, when you get to the physical step number three, of course, you want to have some good strategies that are really ideally optimized for time efficiency and for completion, 
Because there are a lot of people who, you know, they'll go dive in and end up with a pile of stuff around them. And that's not optimized for efficiency or for completion or implementation. A lot of people end up quitting or, you know, not following through with the project they set out to do when they have a poor strategy. Um, But really, like the strategy and the physical component isn't even the biggest part of the whole process. The biggest part is just getting your mind and emotions on board. So, Okay, we've got the mind, we've got the emotions, uh, we've got the physical actions, and we know we need efficient strategies. And, you know, we've got this plan, whatever plan, start date, end date, everything's in place, we're going to take physical action. So step number four is about getting your energy on board. It's about planning spaces for your energy. So how your spaces make you feel is the whole point of this step. Because really, it's the whole point of everything. The whole reason that you're decluttering in the first place is so that you can feel better, so that you can feel happier, you can feel more spacious, you can have more time. Like It's all about how you feel, really. So this step is where things start taking a little, even a little more of a holistic approach because sure, you could stop at getting the clutter out, okay, but having no clutter does not necessarily mean having a beautiful, flowing, happy space that gives you what you need, that's supportive. And I'm all about helping people to create a leveraged support system in their home so that you're not constantly struggling and you have that that ground zero, that home base to go back to, to give you what you need. Kind of like a, a charging pad for a cell phone, if you will, you know, like you put your cell phone on that charging pad and it's all charged up. But if the charging pad is broken and, you know, like the wire's a little bit disconnected, your phone's never going to be fully charged. So to me, your environment and this level of planning for your energy and for your daily flow and for what you're going to need for yourself, for each space of your home, that's where you're recharging. That's where you're really getting the most out of your space. And it's a beautiful thing. It's wonderful that we have the ability just to even plan for these kind of things. Like other animals don't have the ability to really plan for the energy and, you know, the feelings inside of their habitat. They're just like, okay, I'm going to use wood or I'm going to use straw or, you know, we have this innate ability to do these things. So anyway, I think it's wonderful. But this energetic level, this number four step of this whole system is really about creating spaces that connect. So when I say connect, I mean that connect with what you need, whether that's physically or emotionally, you know, whether it's a calming space or an inspiring space, it's in tune with your needs. So I've used examples before and the one that I always go to just because it's so obvious, you know, and sometimes people need to see the obvious is the comparison between a day spa and a haunted house. So if you walk into a day spa you immediately get these sensations. You, Your mind calms, you have less anxiety, your emotions start to soothe, you know, your breathing becomes deeper and your, your muscles tend to relax down your back. Like you get these physical responses even to just walking into a space like that that's meant to relax you before you even have any kind of massage or whatever you're there for done. Now compare that mood, that energy, those feelings to something like walking into a haunted house. 
it's going to have the exact opposite effect. Your breathing is going to be shallower and more quick. Uh, Your heart rate's going to quicken. Your mind is going to be more alert for anything that might pop out at you. Everything is heightened and it just, it affects your entire central nervous system. So this is this is what I'm talking about when I say plan your spaces for your energy and when I say that your your environment immediately impacts your energy that's what I'm talking about that you can literally walk into a room and feel a certain way you can literally walk into a room and feel happy or feel stressed or feel calm all of these things so if you're leaving this step out, then you're kind of doing yourself a, a disservice. You're not you're not getting the full benefit out of your home space. And it's like kind of like leaving money on the table. You're you're leaving extra energy and time and the good things in life on the table if you don't take that into consideration. And then number five is, you know, once you have all that done, you have your space. Your space is amazing, you know, you love it, but it's still new. It's still fresh, okay? So step number five is that you need a good maintenance structure. And I look at it like this. You have all of these new changes that you've made. Maybe you have some new routines in place. Maybe you have, um, you know, you've gotten the clutter out. You've created new spaces for new things. And so you have all of these balls of changes, all of these little, little things that you've changed that are delicately strung up in the air. You know, they're hung there, but it's very a very delicate system. So if one of these balls drops, then probably the whole system's going to crash to the ground and then all the balls are on the ground. So this is kind of how I visualize it. If, you, if you're like me and you like to visualize things, you can go with me on this little journey. Um, so what you need is to put in a better support system to support all of these changes that you just made. You know, thinking of like the scaffolding to maintain the changes. So with this, you're looking at things like building new habits, which is which is a skill in itself. And, and there are methods that will make you more successful than others, like, you know, using anchoring or using triggering or setting reminders even as a simple, you know, habit promoter. Um, you're also going to want to look at things like developing awareness, because if these changes are all new, you're not necessarily used to being aware and and looking for certain things that could present a problem later on down the road or cause your system to collapse. Um, You're looking at things like starting new routines, which routines to start, how many do you start at the same time, you know, um, bringing in new routines that are going to help to support you daily and keep the ball rolling, keep things consistent because consistency is key, right? And just about anything you do, you can start anything, but changes aren't happening if you're not consistent with those changes. So whenever you go to make changes inside of your home, if you're scouring the internet for different checklists, which which is great for inspiration and motivation, that's great. But don't go into that believing that that's going to give you a new home space that's going to, you know, be the space that you're really wanting to get. That's going to give you all of the wonderful things that you're envisioning for yourself. So there you have it. And I think that's enough. That's plenty, right? Five steps is plenty to get you know, go dig into and start making some real amazing changes in your home. 
And of course, if you want to use my system, this is what Clutter Cure is all about. And I would, of course, love to have you join me inside of the course. Again, for those of you who are interested, it is miadanielle.com forward slash Clutter Cure. Now, if you haven't left a review for the podcast, please go do so over on Apple Podcast. You can do it on the app by just scrolling to the bottom. You can do it on your desktop by just scrolling to the bottom. Super simple. And I will catch you next week. Bye.